quite a day. I am so, so delighted for you guys. Uh, you know, um, as, I, as I think about churches that I've known, pastors that I've known, uh, this is kind of a unique situation for a church to call a person who's been on the staff for nine, ten years and to get such a remarkable approval from the congregation. And, uh, you know, it's really said so much about you and about the McCoys, and I just want to congratulate you all for that. Amen to that. Well, uh, we're going to be in 1 Peter today, 1 Peter number 5. If you would join me there, 1 Peter number 5. The passage says this, Peter writing, so I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory." Brian, you and I have talked about this before. Uh, there are three synonyms that we find in this passage. The first word is elder. Elder refers to leaders. The second word, shepherd, is in verb form here, shepherd is the word that we translate as pastor. And uh, then finally, oversee or overseers talks about managing, administrating, even protecting the church. Now, I want you to notice, Brian, the stipulations uh, and the responsibilities that you have been given. You're to serve willingly. Uh, as I understand that, that means be excited about what comes. Uh, you know, there are days that are going to be difficult, there's no doubt about, about it. There will be difficult days, but serve willingly. Thank God that you have been called to serve in the good times and the bad times. And remember that the good times are God-ordained and the bad times are God-ordained too. Also, you're to do this for God's honor, not for your enrichment. May God be glorified in your ministry here. And you are to lead, but not to domineer over the church. Uh, splitting those two, leading and domineering, is a very hard task. And it comes from within, from your heart, that this will be done. Lead, set, set a vision, 
that God gives you, move toward that. Don't domineer, don't push, but instead pray for them to follow. And be an example. To me, the number one issue in a pastor's life has got to be to be an example for the people of God. Uh, There's not enough godly examples. You're not here to build a big church. You're not here to build a big name. You're here to be an example of godliness to these people. And in doing so, you provide so much for them to see another person who's actually living for Christ. Let's take these responsibilities that Peter's talking about here, uh, these responsibilities that you now have in a different way. Let's, let's think about other words that might help us understand them. Uh, you are to be a watchman over this congregation, uh, protecting and warning the people of God. And secondly, uh, steward is another good word. To steward, to be a manager of what God owns. This church is not yours, it's God's. The people are God's people, not your people. And God has called you to be a steward of them. God has placed in them the spiritual gifts and abilities to serve the Lord well. And so steward that, move the people to that that end of service. You are an ambassador. Uh, My uh, middle son's father-in-law is the U.S. ambassador to Iraq. Uh, and before it was to Kuwait. And uh, in these very difficult settings, he goes in and he is the representative of the United States before these people. You are to be God's representative before these people. Uh, be, you are to be a builder. But interestingly enough, we see nothing in scripture that would give us the idea a builder of a, a big church. That's not given to us anywhere in scripture, not, not one time, but building the people up in the inside. You know, Ephesians 4.11 says, God gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints so that they can do the work of the gospel. And so we are to be uh, builders and witnesses for the cause of Christ and power of Christ. A conductor, Uh, I I like that idea of the conductor. Uh, Another personal story. When I was in grade school, high school, a little bit in college until they got sick of me, uh, I played the trumpet, okay? And um, the way this worked, whether you're in college or whether you're in grade school, is always the same. Uh, there would be parts that trumpets played that the drum would play, very different, and that violins play compared to what uh, piccolo plays. And so there's different elements of this song that's being played, and the conductor helps them come together and make music together. That's beautiful. And of course, that's what we're looking for. That's what we pray for as pastors, that, that we might bring the great divergence that there is in the church. Uh, 
and help us in the Lord as a church to move in a direction that honors Christ. And you're to be a pastor teacher. Uh, Pastoring means teaching, whether it's in a hospital room or whether it's a pulpit on Sunday, always teaching God's word. And then a shepherd that leads the people of God to the great shepherd. That's your assignment. And we could boil, Brian, we could boil these down, I think, into three major tasks that you have been given. We we take all these kind of shades of it and then we bring it to this point. Uh, There is the call to passionately pursue preaching, praying, and pastoring. Uh, Number one, priority in action is the preaching of the word. Don't let anything, don't let anyone take that from you. Don't let busyness take it from you. Uh, Don't let discouragement take it from you. You have been called to put your first priority on the preaching of the word. Now, why is that? Hebrews 4.12 says this, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit to joint and of morrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Nothing else can do that. And the reason that the Bible can do that is because it is God's word. It just doesn't contain it, it is it. And it is God's power working through his word that gives us life. In 2 Timothy 2, 15, it says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed rightly handling the word of truth. Your responsibility is to handle the word of God with wisdom and uh, with truth. Sorry. Uh, There's no more sacred trust that God has given you than the preaching of the word of God because it is his plan for changing the lives of the lost and changing the lives of the saved. But there will be times that you are so tempted to neglect study, uh, to neglect doing your very best at preaching because of the crush of time, because of you're just tired, because things have been difficult emotionally for you. And yet, please do remember that we're called to rightly handle the word of truth. There are plenty who preach who do not do that. They may take a passage and make something up, but they don't uh, handle the word of God as it is, as the truth. Do that, do that. And then 2 Timothy 4, 1 says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead 
and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word and be ready in season and out of season. And here's what we do, reprove, rebuke, exhort, and with complete patience and teaching. Reprove, rebuke, exhort, and, and do it with patience. Uh, now, not everyone wants to be reproved. Uh, in fact, uh, to be honest, I don't like it when people tell me what I've done wrong. Now, I've had plenty of experience with that, but I just never have, have liked it. Yet, that's part of your responsibility. Rep reprove and rebuke, but also exhort. Exhort to push on, to become the church that God wants us to be. Next, preaching and pastoring. Pastoring. Pastoring isn't about how good you are. It's about how good God is. And God has called you, he's called on you to be a pastor who is committed to prayer. Now here's the problem uh, that you know well. Uh, we, we can be so overwhelmed by all the things that we have to do that we neglect the very thing that gives us the greatest strength. But again, it, pastoring isn't about how good you are, but it's how good God is. The more can be accomplished through your praying than by anything else that you do. It may be the hardest thing that you're called on to do. Nevertheless, it is a primary thing that you're called. So pray, pray for patience. Pray for wisdom. Pray for humility. And I see that in your, your life. Continue to pray for that. And for passion in preaching. And for accuracy in preaching. And for compelling preaching. And that sinners might be converted and the saved grow in Christ. Pray for that as well as for yourself and as well as for your family. Let's go back to pastoring. Pastoring is vital to spiritual health. There's no question about that. And this means not only you, even, even though you're the, the lead elder, uh, it's for you not to forget the individuals of the church, but to give yourself, to care for them, but also to delegate that responsibility, to make sure that this church is being cared for in a way that honors Christ. So passionately preach, pray, and pastor. Now, those are the things you're to do. But there's more to this story than just what you do. Brian, it is about what you are. You're, I'm gonna use the same kind of words again in a different way. Your most important assignment, your most important priority, if you would, is to seek the Lord individually 
and personally to never give up the pursuit. The day that you quit growing is the day that you start falling backwards. There's no coasting in the Lord. And just because you may be a pastor does not somehow take the responsibility of seeking the Lord personally away. Now, it will be hard to to do some things as the lead pastor. Like what? Like, for example, come to church to worship. Uh, I don't know how many worship services I've attended in my life, but there's been a number. And uh, I would have to say that when I walk into a building, when, when I was a, a lead pastor and I walk into the building, the first thing that would come to my mind is that light over there is out. And why did he pick that song? And, uh, well, it could just go on down the list of these kinds of things uh, that, that would come to my mind. What needs to be on your mind when you come here is Jesus. Filling your mind with Jesus. And then secondly, Madonna is second only to God in your priorities. Do not neglect your wife. This is the bride of Christ and he's the husband and he's not neglecting the bride. Don't neglect yours. Uh, home, a Christian home, a, a pastor's home in, that is struggling will mean that ministry is struggling as well. Change things slowly. Change them. It's required, folks. It's required. Things change. Everything in our life changes. I know that's a bitter pill to take, uh, and we might resist it, and, you know, we might deny it, but things change. Now, I don't have anything in mind, by, by the way, uh, but things are going to change. They're bound to change. Do it slowly and deliberately. Do the right thing, Brian, but remember the unity of the body of Christ. And as I've said again, set an example for the church in your own personal life, in your family, in your coming and going, the way you handle money, the way you handle, well, everything in your life. And be careful how you define success. If there's one thing that I preach to pastors more than anything else, it is this. Be careful how you define success. Success is not based on how many people have joined the church this year. It is on your faithfulness to Jesus to serve him well. That's success. And Madonna, you will take care of the church best by taking care of him. So don't get in a situation here where you're so busy with other things for the church that you can't do that. Did I say that right, Brian? Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, Brian, I'm going to call on you to make your commitment today.
I'm going to ask you, if you would, to stand. Both of you can stand, if, if you like. And if you agree with this, Brian, would you say, with God's help, I will? Brian, do you today commit yourself to the Lord and Foothills Baptist Church to preach, to pray, to pastor in humility and love? And will you joyfully accept the call of this church to serve as the lead elder? With God's help, I will. Amen. Would you be seated? All right. A word to the church. 1 Corinthians 9 9 says this. For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain. Is it for oxen that God is concerned? All right, now, so here's an illustration of Brian being an ox. <laughs> I've, al- I've always liked that, I, you know? Um, now, it says, church, don't muzzle the ox when he's threshing. What does that mean? What it means is don't hinder, support, encourage, don't discourage. Galatians 6, 6 says, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Is that how you see your relationship with your pastor? Is that the way you look at it? You know, there's some people, unfortunately, in the church today, I mean, churches in general, that think that their main job is to somehow watch over the pastor and make sure he doesn't do things right, wrong. And also, uh, wrong would be defined as anything you don't like. Uh, but please understand, you never see that kind of attitude in Scripture. There is a dependency on God to take care of the problem. Okay, uh, and there is also this call for us to generously share our lives with those who teach us. And then 1 Thessalonians 5.12 church says this, we ask you brothers to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves, church. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with all of them. Pastoring is difficult. Peter Drucker, the... Uh, expert on leadership is reported to have said that the four most difficult jobs in the United States today are being the president of the United States and being the CEO of a hospital and being the president of a university and being a pastor of a church and then he said not necessarily in that order. 
What makes it so hard anyway? Let me show you a statistic that's almost too much to, to imagine. Uh, but I've, I've read it so many times, I'm, I'm sure that it must be true. One in 10 pastors will end up retiring from the ministry. Only one in 10 graduate from seminary and go to work in the church. Only one in 10 will end up retiring from the ministry. Why is that? Why is that? Well, I think there's a number of reasons, including spiritual warfare. Please, church, understand that you need to be in prayer for your elders and for your lead elder because of the level of spiritual warfare that goes on. You know, even to this day, I sense it, I see it. Whether it's in little things or big things. So pray for him. What makes the ministry so hard? I think the stress of preaching does. Uh, preaching is not like teaching a lesson. It's not like um, making a speech. No, there's so much more that hangs in the balance that it creates great stress on the people who do it. And uh, Marsh and I read one time that an average sermon preached by a pastor has the physical impact of an eight-hour job at hard labor. Now, he's going to preach twice on Sundays, and that is 16 hours of hard labor. It's going to take him most of the week to recover from that. So be aware of that. It is part of the struggle that, that we uh, experience. Also, encourage him to take time off. And every day of your vacation, you're no martyr if you take only half of your vacation and then come back to church and, and brag about it. No, don't, don't do that. Take every single day. Take time off during the week. You need it. You've got to have it. And I encourage you. Uh, things are, are never going to be totally done. Part of the stress of, of this kind of a work is that you're never done. You're never, ever done. But church understand that it does take a toll on a person. I mean, I'm only 30. And, and look. It's been a hard life, really. Follow your pastor. Follow him, unless what he says is immoral, unbiblical, or illegal. Can I say this again? Unless what he says is immoral, unbiblical, or illegal, follow him. Follow him. Pray for him and follow. And provide well for him and assist him. Be willing to be shepherded, church. And give him study time and encourage him to use it. It is uh, fine to tell him your concerns. 
You should, church. Tell him your concerns. Not just before a worship service or just after. Okay? Uh, oh, I have stories to tell you. <laughs> I, things, I, I, I mean, you just wouldn't believe. But uh, please, tell him your concerns. He would want to hear. But leave Sunday alone. It's not the day to do it. Also, don't forget that this man has exactly the same feelings that you have. This woman has exactly the same feelings that you have. Treat them like you want to be treated. That is what honors God. Be the church to your pastor. Now, Foothills Church, I would invite you to stand with me now. And I would encourage you to listen to this charge. And if you agree, would you say, with God's help, we will. Church, will you encourage Brian as he seeks to lead? Will you pledge to support this church and this pastor with your prayers, with your patience, with your love, with your gifts, and with your service. Will you so commit? One more time. Great, amen. You didn't do well, but you did get it. <laughs> Be seated if you will. <laughs> So church and lead elder, this is a match we believe has been made in heaven. Treat it like that. This is a sacred moment. Recognize it as that. Now, Brian and Madonna, I wonder if you would come and stand here in the front with me. In the scripture, there is the act of, uh, look that way. (laughs) 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 Gotta be really specific with some people. Uh, all right. I just totally broke the mood. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, it's called the laying on of hands. It is a symbol that the people of God are committing their lives and asking for the Holy Spirit to come in power to prepare them for service. Now, I'm going to ask the elders to come and to stand around them. And then I'll ask the deacons if you would come and stand around the elders. (laughs) 
And now church, if you would like to participate in laying on of hands, the anointing, if you would, of your new pastor to serve you, we would invite you to come as well. Make your way if you would. for coming and uh, the elders are going to begin this prayer time. And those that love and Father, none of us would be in this room today mm. if it wasn't for a preacher or a teacher mm. in our life. Mm. Yeah. Father, this is a special moment. Father, the last nine months, you have spoke to many people's hearts. And Father, collectively to your whole church, that this is your man for this time, for this chapter of Foothill's future. Father, it's a precious gift. Help us to see it as that. Mm -hmm. Father, I pray in Brian and Madonna's ministry that you would give him grace and mm -hmm. mercy yeah, yeah. that comes from your Holy Spirit. Yes, sir. That, Father, he can mourn with those who mourn and yes. rejoice with those Amen. who rejoice. Mm -hmm. And Father, your word says when it gets hard and it gets weary and it's a burden to come to you because you are gentle and humble and you give rest. And Father, I pray he does that. Father, you are a good father. We thank you for this precious gift. Help us as a church to be a good steward, to love, to support, to follow, and to pray for this man and for Madonna and for his family. And Father, for the souls of Foothills and the lives that we will touch in the years ahead. In Jesus' name. Father, you are so good. What a wonderful day of fellowship. And uh, what a good day to install Brian as our lead elder. Lord, we uh, give you all the glory and the honor and the praise today for this. And uh, Lord, we thank you for your sovereign hand and how we've seen uh, you lead us to, to Brian and, and you work in his life. And we thank you for that, Lord. Father, we pray uh, for a blessing on, on Brian's ministry. Uh, Lord, that he would be full of your spirit. Uh, Father, that he would grow in deeper love and affection for you. And Lord, that would just translate to his preaching of the word. Um, Lord, and as we hear uh, the word preached from Brian as a church, uh, Lord, we too would be uh, sanctified by your word, by your truth. We would be edified and we grow as, as a body of believers. We'd be united as one under the preaching of the word. And uh, Lord, our community would grow uh, in love for one another. Uh, and Lord, that would be a testament to our community, to Foothills, to Ahwatukee. Um, that we love you and that uh, Jesus is king. And Father, I pray that that would translate to us being missional um, about preaching the gospel faithfully, not only from the pulpit, um, but as a church to go preach uh, in our community um, and uh, glorify Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the gospel, um, that we can be reconciled to you, that we know you because Jesus has paid for our sin on the cross. Not only that, but you've risen from the dead. You're, you've conquered sin and death. You've you're sitting at the right hand of the Father, ruling from heaven, and you're making your enemies a footstool for yourself as we preach the gospel, the good news. And Lord, we've got great hope, eager anticipation of your return. Uh, so Father, we thank you for that. Father, we also pray uh, for your protection over Brian and Madonna and our elder team. Um, Lord, that you would protect them from uh, the demonic forces at work 
and uh, the works of Satan. Uh, and Father, that you would use the community that you've given us uh, to strengthen and encourage one another and that we would grow um, as a church in love for you and affection for you. And so, uh, Father, we ask uh, that you would do that. Uh, Lord, we thank you that we can come to you boldly and confidently because of what Jesus has done and ask you these things. Lord, you say that we can ask anything in the name of Jesus according to your will and you'll, and you'll do it. And so, uh, Lord, we ask this in faith knowing that it'll be done. Thank you, Father. We love you. Lord God, you tell us that none of us know how to pray as we ought, and that your Holy Spirit therefore intercedes, Lord, for us with groanings too deep for words, and yet here we stand, nothing but your Spirit to lead and guide and intercede for us, Lord, in our sweet prayer. What a time, what a time we are witnessing. We are praising you, God, for this time how you've moved in Brian and Madonna's hearts, how you've moved in my heart, how you've moved in our hearts. Lord, we are ready. We are ready to receive your power, Lord God. May we decrease as you increase, Father. May we get out of your way while you do a mighty work here in Ahwatukee, Lord. You planted this church here, Lord, 30-plus years ago for a purpose. And we are here, Lord, and we are ready. We are ready to work. So, Lord, we pray that your mighty hand part the sea before us, Lord God, the impossible work that needs to be done in this community, Lord, through our, our groups, through our families. I pray, Lord, that through the great leadership of your sweet and humble servant, Brian McCoy, Lord God, with the encouragement of his amazing bride, Madonna, Lord God, his family, that we support him, we lift him up, we encourage him to lead and guide as he leans in on you, Lord God. You are good. You are good to us. May we receive your great blessing, recognizing it, Lord, and pouring it out of ourselves, not in these walls, but outside of ourselves, Lord, the blessing of your spirit, the fruit of your spirit. Lord, we love you. We are grateful for Dennis. We are grateful for Marsha. We are grateful for their guidance, their leadership, their love, their encouragement. You are in this work. We see it from the beginning. And Lord, we are grateful as we turn as a group and a body of your believers, your faithful servants. Bless us as we follow our lead elder who follows the chief shepherd, the great elder, Lord God, you. Give us strength and peace your mighty unity and love, your prayer before you left us, Lord, for unity in John 17. May that be who we are. We're praising you, Lord God, and as a people, we cry out to you and we say, we are grateful to you, Lord God, in the name and the power of Jesus, your Holy Spirit, God the Father. We thank you, Lord God. Amen. 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 Thank you. You can be back. Go back to your seat if you would.